Hi everyone, I'm Carla, that's Lauren. Hi! And this is Chirping with ABA Owls. This is our first episode for Season 3. Welcome back. We hope you've all missed us, and if you had a good August, or whether it was summer or winter, wherever you are in your corner of the world. Quick disclaimer, these are our thoughts and experiences. We are not claiming to know everything. We are only speaking from our empirical practice, and we do love sharing what we know with you guys. Um, so, do we have anything to discuss from the previous episode? I don't or? know. Was that the one with Dinos? No, no, no. It was the one with training new staff. Oh, okay. No, sorry. I have no memory. It's because we didn't record. We didn't look record in the order that we. <laughs> that yeah, I was we about to say. Them, I don't. So. I don't remember. <laughs> but the Dennis one was like, nice. I it was probably to it. It was really nice. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? It was very fluid. I quite liked it. Thank Aww. you, Dennis. Like yeah, thanks, I quite Dennis. liked having him. Let's see if our guest for this season actually comes. <laughs> yeah. Pray I know. For us, guys. Still, still needs to be confirmed. Um, uh-huh. So, everyone, just feel free to communicate any topics you'd be interested in or questions you might have. You can always email us at aba.owls.uk at gmail.com or you can contact us through our website www.abaowls.com or on Instagram at aba underscore owls or on Facebook at aba owls. Yeah. Okay. I'm always All impressed when we when we able to actually say that quite fluently without without getting tongue tied. Yeah, jeepers! So our topic for today, as you've seen in the title, is PICS. So the Picture Exchange Communication System, and the reason we chose this topic is that so Lauren recently attended a PICS Level One course, and she's like really excited. She wants to tell. She wants to tell us all all about it. She's like, I'm so. It was so amazing. I want to talk about it. Um, and you know, attending the course, she did mention that it kind of changed her mind a bit about PICS. Uh, and she saw a way of incorporating it into her own uh, practice and programs. Uh, so this episode actually will be led by Lauren. I'm going to sit back and just listen because I did not attend the training. Um, so, yeah, Lauren, take it away. Thanks. Um, I also just wanted to say, Carla, like, if you want to ask anything or interrupt at any point, please do, because I think that you're going to see why I'm so excited to share some of this stuff. And mm-hmm. um, obviously... If you have any examples of stuff, like everybody loves an example because it's our experience, which is quite nice to share. So please do, if you feel like it at any point. Um, Will do. Yeah, great. So I thought I would do a very, very brief recap um, from our previous episode where we do um, address a comparison of Makaton versus Pex. Okay, and if you want to listen to that one, okay, it's a three-parter. So, you know, there's lots in there. But remember, it's an episode when we compare. So it's mo- it's mostly the comparison of Makaton versus Picks. Carla has one and I have one. I chose Picks. Yay! So then I did the course. So this is why I'm doing it again. Um, and this can be found in our podcast, which you're listening to, Chirping with ABA Owls. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, or through our website, as Carla mentioned, abaowls.com. Um, and I think we uploaded it in November 2020. Um, and as, as I said, it's three parts and about 30 to 40 minutes each episode. So go and have a listen to that first if you feel it will help you. Um, because we're not going to do a lot of 
detail about, you know, our whys and who's and what's because we've already done that for picks. Um, so if you can't, yeah, we did really that, long episodes, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it was a lot of detail. It was actually really exciting. Yeah. Um, but if you can't be bothered, hello, <laughs> and enjoy our episode today. Um, I will be addressing picks because I was, as Carla mentioned, lucky enough to go on a picks course. And I'll be explaining a few things in more detail as I go on. I must emphasize that I attended a two-day workshop, which means that I only know two days worth of picks and the research I did before. And it is level one. So I'll be not I won't be discussing all the content today. First of all, I think that's quite boring. Second of all, I'm not sure that everyone would benefit from it. And number three, I think it's actually illegal. So <laughs> to share all the content. So I'll be talking about how I experienced it. Yes, please. Yeah. Don't don't get us sued. No. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't um, have enough money. <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't. And um I was just very impressed and happy with the training I did receive and I just felt inspired to share some of the information with you guys. So as I mentioned in the previous podcast, their website is a wealth of knowledge, guys. So if you have any questions or you feel that you want to find out any more information, it's PixUSA. So that's P-E-C-S-U-S-A dot com, okay? And I think they're called Pyramid um, Consultants, um, something to that effect. But basically, that's the PEX website. And they have free stuff. They have um, information on there. It's just, it's a great um, wealth of knowledge. And if you have any further things you want to look up, it's there. And I think I did go into quite a lot of detail about a previous article in the the previous podcast we um, recorded. So again, if you want any more information, listen to that one first. But we will start with a bit of background and a bit of recap. So just to um, acknowledge the people that started PICS, okay, um, and that is Dr. Andy Bondi and Laurie Frost, okay. So Dr. Andy Bondi is, the, is an innovator in the field of autism and ABA, believe it or not. Um, and he's directed statewide public school system for students with autism for about, I don't know, forever. Um, and Laurie Frost is the vice president and co-founder of Pyramid Educational Consultants. Okay. And she has, she's a speech pathologist. Um, and she's also been working in private and public schools um, settings as a speech pathologist for a long time. So they got together and created this baby that is PICS, okay? As Carla mentioned, the Picture Exchange Communication System. That's what PICS stands for. Um, but I mostly want to talk about how much ABA, okay, Applied Behavior Analysis, is entrenched in PICS and how you teach someone to use PICS effectively Carla, do you want to ask me anything before we move on? Or do you think that we're okay to carry on? I fully understood that. So I'm quite happy for you to carry on. Thank you. Cool. Okay. So I've picked a few things that I thought I'd talk about and how picks an ABA. How when I was doing the course, I was like, I'm just hearing ABA stuff here. So this is why I wanted to talk about it. Because Carla and I have experienced a lot of, um, should I say, negative feedback <laughs> when we say we are oh my ABAs God. or oh we my work God. in the field Let's... of ABA. <laughs> okay. We can do like a full season just on it. Yeah. My it's really God. sad. Okay. And yeah. I understand, and Colin, I've mentioned this before, there is pe- there are people out there who aren't doing great ABA therapy or ABA practice. We know this because we meet them. Okay. And... Hmm. Um, <laughs> 
And not to say that anyone we associate with is bad at ABA. Most of the people we associate with, we respect and trust and would work with. But we know that there is this in the field. But I would argue that most fields have this issue. Yeah, true, true. That's why I don't understand why, as we mentioned before, we get tarnished with this brush when people aren't actually very well versed in what we do. Um, I think they assume they know what we do. Um, which is interesting in itself. Um, but yeah, we've had a lot of ne- negative feedback. And yet, we would visit schools and everybody would be using PECs, which, as you mentioned, is entrenched in ABA and ABA principles and does reference Skinner's 1957 verbal behavior quite extensively. Um, so yeah, Carla, very interesting. And um, I think it's it's been very difficult for us to get our points across without people assuming that they know what we're going to say or what we're going to do. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, we've had a lot of ne- negative experiences in the SEN community um, and the mm-hmm. SEN schools and visiting them um, and seeing pics um, being used extensively. Um, and, yeah, I don't understand where they're training or what training they had because what they were doing is not what I experienced in my two-day workshop, which was only a two-day workshop. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit more. But, Carla, please feel free to jump in at any point with um, All right. any stuff. So, I thought I'd talk a little bit about the the foundation bit of the course I did. So, the lady who did it um, explained a few things about ABA as she was talking about it. And I thought that was a very interesting way to start off. Um, so they use different terms like, or they have this pyramid that they base all their teaching on. That's why it's called pyramid educational consultants. And I won't talk too much about it because I think that's one of their little secret key things, but the pyramid has different arms and different and a foundation and how they all interlink are some of the core principles they work by. So one of the things is functional objectives. Sound familiar, Carla? (laughs) There's our, you know, teach skills that our learners or our clients need when they leave school or leave their educational service they're in oh i can think of an episode with it on it (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) okay so and they emphasize the importance of independence so how important it is for their clients or their students or learners to be able to do things for themselves okay so i felt functional objectives was a really really great one and is something that we go, we harp on about a lot when we are writing educational programs for our clients. So we don't like objectives or um, targets that aren't functional for our learners. And um, I'll give you an example. If we have a, a child who is nonverbal and really has no hasn't shown any capacity to make sound, we're probably not going to work on speech. <laughs> You know, we will find an augmentative version for that person to communicate. So what's functional for them would be able to communicate in the capacity that they have. So we're not going to focus on an area that isn't functional for them. Or I would give another example. If we have a student that doesn't know how to read or hasn't yet shown capacity to read or be able to understand that words have meanings, okay, because it just lines on a page, we might not have a reading target on just yet. You know, so we're working on functional stuff here, which is why I liked the functional objectives. Okay, and again, it's focusing on what the individual will need um, when they leave school or when they leave 
wherever they are, so that they can be as independent as possible. That's one of our catchphrases we use all the time. Um, when I speak to parents or I speak to future clients or potential clients, I say, well, independence looks different from for me than it does for Carla, than it does for, you know, Bob down the road. So we need to make sure that this individual goals are functional for that person. Okay. So here's another one. Love this one. Powerful reinforcement systems. Okay. So even using, <laughs> you know, terminology that is entrenched in ABA. And when we say reinforcement, people, you know, that is very complicated in the true sense of ABA. But when we talk about it colloquially with people, we're talking about rewards or what people are interested in and how we can use it to reward behaviors we want to see. So um, what is rewarding for this person? And they said, even in the book, be aware this changes over time. Hey, I mean, <laughs> mm. as we say in the ABA mm -hmm. field, that motivation is fluid. So what they're interested in will evolve or change over time. And that's normal that we have that. Carl and I go through phases where we do stuff. Uh, you know, I like to manically bake. And yeah. then I'll, for a while, I won't want to bake, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I will, if I listen to a song... I will actually get really obsessed with that song and I will listen it to it throughout the day multiple times until I'm over it. And and when they say, oh, he just wants to listen to this song, I mean, so? I yeah. do that. Like, I mean, <laughs> if it's what works, it's what works. They'll move on to another song. Like, I'm not saying let them hear that forever and ever, but like, you know, if someone is really into that, I mean, mm. why not? Let them. Of course. And, you know, um, I was just, you just, you just highlighted something to me. So I met a potential client last week. Um, mm, nice. And um, it was very interesting. His, his folks, his parents were explaining that he has these, and they use this word, obsessions. Um, and how once the obsession goes away, it goes away. And I was thinking, well, it's because he's so, for that time, so motivated for it that it probably like you were saying, Carla, listen to something over and over. It it wears itself out. Motivation, see, yeah. you know, because it's, you satiated on that. You've had enough of it. Yeah, yeah. But you, you don't want any yeah. more of it. But I would argue that we can use this to be very effective and we don't let you just have it for free, you know. So we would use it yeah. as reinforcement or we would reserve it as reinforcement. Um, exactly. So, yeah, you know, I think... It's interesting. It was just very interesting the way they described it to me because to me it sounded like it wasn't that he, the motivation changes that he actually just got so he just had it so much that he just couldn't do it anymore, um, which is a little bit sad. See, because I, some of the stuff is like Star Wars, which is you know endless for some people. Oh um, yeah, yeah. How yeah. sad and also very age appropriate. He's like a teenager. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like I. I had this client where years ago, I think you remember, you probably, you won't know from this, but I think you might remember it, mm -hmm. um, where he was an adult already. Uh, it was that program where the, he was, it was the f only adult that I knew that was fully funded mm. uh, that I've known. And anyway, and he really liked music videos, um, like kind of things like Domino and things like that. Uh, from Jesse J, whatever, and oh, cool. he had this thing of he he was I don't want to use the the label 
lazy because it's not very accurate, but it's kind of like he would just stop anything just to get the reinforcement. Yeah. And in this program, the consultant and the supervisor like, oh, reinforce any response. I'm like, but he, like, oh, no, correct them and then reinforce the correct. But the thing is, you always have to do a correct. He would never answer correctly the first time mm. because it was reinforced to do that. Anyway, so what I did was yeah. I, I gave him... When he finally answered correctly, I gave him a bit of the video, and then I stopped it, put it back from the beginning, and said, right, now do And then he did it right the first time, and then I let him have more of the video, because, you know, you you answered right the first time I asked. Yes. Well done. And they came down on me for that, like, oh, you're interrupting his reinforcement. I'm like, yes, because he was being reinforced for doing a mistake and then correct and then a correct one when he knows yeah. the correct one from the get go. Like it was yeah. a very particular like situation. It's not like he doesn't know the answer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to break that chain and I yeah. they were like blah 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 blah. I was like, Okay, fine. Well, I did leave the program because they were all mental, but Yeah. You know. Exactly. And here is an example of us all ABA professionals all receive training but we aren't agreeing on content and that's fine, you know, or agreeing on teaching. Yeah. That's fine. That's that's up for debate. But again, it's you know, it doesn't mean that everybody is the same. It's like, you know, going to a dentist and assuming every dentist is going to be exactly the same. Carl and I were talking about dentistry earlier, so that's the first thing that came oh, to yeah. my, came to my head. So Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Like, oh, because we're both uh, having new teeth in. Oh, oh. Dear me. So we are, guys. It's it's happening. <laughs> anyway, I just <laughs> think it's so interesting um, that Pex has is using this terminology and not being judged for it, which I think is great. I just I'm I'm fascinated to understand that you just people, wish we weren't judged for it. <laughs> yeah, but also if I had if we'd attended this training together you know, someone who's anti-ABA and someone like myself, and we'd, we'd attended this training, then how differently they would have felt afterwards if I turned around at the end and said, well, everything we discussed is what we do in ABA because it's the same principles. So now do you have a different perspective on it because you didn't notice ABA, you know? So it's interesting. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway, so I just want to mention an example here. So they said in the in the in my manual that I've been given of the thing, it said, you know, we we, we need to be aware that um, reinforcement things that we are interested in or what the things that we like change over time, and we need to adapt and use this to effectively reinforce our you know the people that we're supporting with things they actually like. Okay, and I'll give you an example. We had a young man join our school, Carla. You weren't at the school yet, um, but a uh, um. A colleague of both of ours and a colleague now of both of ours was there too. And um, <laughs> I remember he he arrived at the school and he was he was a he didn't have a lot of skills. He lovely lovely young man, but really didn't have a formal way of communicating. Engaged in quite a lot of problem behavior, physical problem behavior, and um, and I mean like I don't like to use the word aggression, but that's how lay people would I say uh, assume label it, um, and wasn't particularly motivated for many things. Um, and I remember he had, he had, he came with a PIX system. So he was using PIX to communicate. Um, and I remember like, we were like, oh, okay. So, so what is he, what is he learning to ask for? And they were like, oh, at mealtimes he does his food. And we were like, oh, is he motivated for his food? 
not really. And I was like, these people are teaching a communication system for someone who doesn't care about the things he has to ask for. It's like, of course oh it's God, not going to work, I guys. I can't. I can't. <laughs> so I just remember being like, no, not really. And then he had loads of like fiddly toys. He was really motivated for it. I was like, if you just watched him, you know, if you just observed him, you would have been able to pick this up really quickly. But obviously, you know, it was easier to run at certain times or whatever. Like, I'm not making judgment. I didn't know him before he came to our um, school. And um, yeah, he wasn't a particularly easy person to teach. But he did make progress. And you know, we did we did carry on to you carry on using picks, but we adapted the the things he was asking for <laughs> because of motivation and reinforcement. So yeah, that's my example. So another one of the things they that are part of the foundation principles or um, key points is communication and social skills. Okay, so the section of the training manual is actually based on the work of B.F. Skinner in his uh, Verbal Behavior book from 1957. And I won't bore you with the details of that, but basically talking about how important it is you communicate and how important it is and how it's not what the names are. It's the function that language serves you. Um, and that's Skinner's thing. It's about what function it does for the person. Not necessarily a noun or a verb, but more a mand, a request, a tact, a label, these kinds of things. So yeah, communication and social skills is another massive important part of teaching PICS. Um, and I just love it. Uh, preventing and reducing inappropriate behaviors. Okay, it's another area that they focus on. And they look at the function of behavior. Oh, I wonder. I wonder <laughs> where we've heard that. Yeah. Oh, I I could not fathom where I've heard that. And so, like, I don't want you guys to think that we're just we're just flying our ABA flag loud and proud. But we are. Um, <laughs> the but, ABA flag. You know, it is. I just think it's important to note that these things have been proven, as we mentioned, um, empirical evidence proven to work and that's why some picks has used it and uses it very successfully i think in my previous podcast um, the one we Carl and i did about makaton versus picks we spoke about how successful picks is at teaching communication and other skills um and that there's a number or some kind of country or how many people it's helped or something but it is incredibly effective when used the when using the right principles and um yeah i think it's just I wish it was different. I wish that we had a different path. And it's changing, but I I wish that it was changing quicker for the young people that need support out there, not necessarily for us with our training. Um, yeah. So anyway, so preventing and reducing inappropriate behavior. So they talk about functions of behaviors, um, but they have a different way to describe some of the functions. So they say, you know, if someone wants to gain access to reinforcement or items, which we would call our tangibles, okay, Um if they want to escape or avoid um, activities or tasks. So we would say, you know, this is avoidance or escape or both. Um, they're slightly different. We won't go into that. Why are they slightly different now? Because that's just ABA jargon to the max. Um, well, not really jargon, but it's nitpicky. I would say they could be lumped mm. in together, but they actually do have a difference. Um, and then the, the, the triangle 
meets all the way at the top to a very important, important, goodness me, can't do this today, important point, which is that everything has to work on generalization. Okay. And it is paramount. Okay. And it's focused. They plan when they plan to teach something, they plan on generalizing that skill. So they don't plan and then decide how they're going to generalize it. It is incorporated in planning because they want to make sure that the generalization is um, integral to the actual act why you teach the activity or why you're teaching mm-hmm. the task or how you're teaching to communicate. Okay. Yeah. And where, so where the skill is going and how is it going to benefit the learner, the student, the person um, mm-hmm. in their growth towards independence. So it's really, they, it's a massive, massive part of why they teach. Um, so they plan throughout and they think about it early on. It's not, oh, let's teach this because it'll be good for that. And then we'll generalize it in this setting, um, which I would argue we, we don't do that. We think about the holistic skill and then pair it back to whatever its barest form. Hey, Carla, and then we teach, we scale it up. Do you think? I think it depends on how, depending on how people do ABA really, doesn't mm. it? Like, I, ideally, you would look at the big picture. Yeah. And then... And then see, go through the levels, like, okay, this is the big picture. What are the little bits of the puzzle we need? Mm. But I know there's a lot of people doing a lot of reactive ABA where it's yeah, like, oh, he needs true. this, let's just put in. And you're like, why does this five-year-old who can't even sit at the table have 25 pro- different goals, including WH questions, when he will not sit to do work or yeah. to do anything? So it's yeah. kind of like... That's actually very wow. true, and I'm glad you said that, because I because I, I think like myself. I don't know how to think not like myself. <laughs> so that's how I've always done my programs. I think about a bigger picture, yeah. and then I yeah. think about how we're going to pair it back to who the person is, my client is now, and then I yeah work my way backwards. I don't necessarily put in things just for the sake of putting things in. Okay, and I will put a caveat in that because I have done in the past on wishes from other people, but at the time I didn't have many choices. And so, yeah, I think that I always – and then if they wanted me to fill in blocks, you know, like um, work on create – you know filling up assessments, I would always choose what I felt was the best for that bigger picture. So if they were like, they have to have so many tacks, so many labels, I would always use functional things. So even though I was restricted in some of the bigger goals, I mean, the the content of those, well, the structure of those, the content, I would always try to do the most functional stuff. Right. Well, I'm trying to get, yeah, I'm trying to get better at it because I, what I usually do is when I start a new home program, um, first there's always a fire put out. So like there's the managing the challenging behavior, if there's any, like looking at yeah. communication so, and compliance. So that was like following instructions. So those are the ones that I usually tackle first. And then when given more time, I've been trying to implement a new and I've been doing this in our programs as well that we yeah. have together where we try to do like a year plan, maybe five year plan. Mm. We're like, okay, this child is going to become an adult in this many years. What are the skills that we think they will need? 
And then let's look at the ones that we lack. We think they might be able to do. And then we we plan like, okay, so this is the first step and this is the second step. And we're trying to build up, you know, and it's something we don't get paid to do. Yeah. I've got a few more things that I want to say just as I went through, as you know, as I did the course, but also went through the manual again later um, that I found really interesting in the way that they teach. Are you still interested in hearing some more, Carla? Am I still? Is it still? Of course, of course. Like when, when, when have I ever said no to you? Yeah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, okay, so they use prompting. Okay, they use the word prompting, not support or whatever else words we use, and they use four levels of prompting: verbal, gestural, modeling, and physical prompts. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Okay. And Aww. very successfully, and in the course, which was amazing, they had Andy Bondi, Dr. Andy Bondi, doing some of the teaching. So you watch videos of him teaching. Um, another one was a uh, someone in in the UK who's obviously very experienced in the PEX world was also teaching, and then they show you the prompting levels and they describe it to you. They also use a four step error correction procedure. Okay, it's similar to ABA error correction, which is a if for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, it's a way of teaching where you don't allow the person to error the first time you teach something. Um, so that um, you have, you lessen avoidance behaviors because it's not too difficult and you're also supporting them to be able to get things correct and then you're able to reinforce those behaviors quicker um, and also teaching hard stuff too um, so you diminish avoidance and teaching teaching being adverse averse to those young people um so they use this four-step error correction which i won't go through because i think it's like a code or whatever you have to go on the course to know um but maybe not maybe it's on their website have a look um so they use it when they're teaching communication or requests and other teaching content so they actually teach um longer sentences how to use adjectives and verbs and when describing so they do tacts and receptives and all sorts they don't just do PIX isn't just communication. Well, sorry, that's the wrong way around. PIX isn't just requesting or manding. It is also teaching other forms of communication across the verbal operands, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, they also collect and analyze data. So they take data on their clients and their progress. Aww. And they analyze it and they use this data. Can I can I I'm so sorry, but can I just say and this is the thing that vexes me. And they're like, they're always coming down on us for our data taking. Like, what mm-hmm. do you think a quiz, a test, an exam, a spelling test is? That is data in the form of a permanent... Pro- I'm sorry, I have a pet peeve about that. So I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> but I'm like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and, and, and like they have... Okay, so they do use quite simplified data sheets. So they, I think that they supply you with them. So they're not like detailed, like we, so Carl and I are big on um, data sheets and being specific to clients, which I know not everybody is. So that's what we'll say. So Carl and I design data sheets to suit our clients. We don't use data sheets that we have for various clients because we want to make it as easy as possible. And the person who's using it Mm -hmm. has to work for them. Right, so we tailor. Yeah, and everyone stuff. has different levels of. Yeah, yeah everyone yeah, has different of levels of and understanding like, as well. Yeah, so. and of course, and you know, we might we might use similar ones for certain people, but we are big on making things nice yeah. and clear for us as well as the people who are using it, so we can analyze and and. But yeah, I think we quite like doing that though, Carla. Hey. <laughs> 
That's kind and of and we love we a color to. coding system. Yeah, yeah. Oof. I'm very visual, so anything that's visual, I'm happy with. You know. Um, so the one that we anyway, have for one of our yeah. common clients, where is sorry, this I think there's a bit of a delay with the audio. Um, yeah, sorry. The one that we have for a common client, where we have like the blue, the green, and the pink, and we're like, yes, because then you mm. can match it. Very, Sorry, very on. satisfying. Very. Um, but yeah, so they take data. It's quite it's quite um it's quite basic, which obviously is absolutely fine. I mean it could not be, they could have more detailed stuff. Maybe level two goes into more, I don't know. Um, but they use it to make changes. So they're analyzing things, looking at what's not working or what is working, and then using that to evidence further teaching, etc. And then the last thing I want to talk about in the actual manual, there is a section called um, pics and verbal behavior okay and it's written by dr andy bonney and it goes through the verbal operants i'm looking at it now it goes through um how them it's actually there's no need to communicate uh, communication training programs and students with autism so it goes through a little bit of like prerequisite skills and how pics training and the verbal operants work together and how they've based a lot of their pics training on the verbal operants and how to teach it gives examples of them so basically what i've learned is that i really didn't understand what pics was um and the pics that i have seen being taught is being taught by people who don't understand behavior analysis or ABA or how to use the principle, the, be- the good parts of ABA, which we would argue is most <laughs> um, things to be able to teach, you know, and I honestly, I'm so happy that people are benefiting from it. And I wish that I had a, I had known this a long time ago. Um, and I wish I'd gone this course a long time ago. So basically my, I don't know, but that's kind of all I have to say is that um, when I started doing this course, I was like, oh my, this is exactly what we do. Yeah. And see, and that's the thing. Yeah. Before we did that episode back in 2020 about PECS, I had no idea PECS was an ABA thing because mm. the way I've been shown, because the way I've seen PECS being used makes oh. zero sense. And I'm like, what is happening? And then when we find out, actually, there's a proper procedure that's ABA-based and people are not following it, and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, light bulb. Exactly. So, yeah, I just think that we need, a lot of waking up needs to be done in terms of our Mm. community and how we can work together to make this happen. Because Andy doesn't come from a speech pathology background, okay, but Laurie Frost does, Andy, Dr. Andy Bondi. So he's working with a speech pathologist to develop this thing. So together they've covered a lot of areas, you know. They've done a lot of, of, of experience to be able to create this thing. Um, and I think that that relationship and how they've created this is something that we could actually take forward as we move through the world, um, and move through, you know, working together in, in special needs education or whatever different sector. I think that we really need to start working together and using all the good points of all of our different experiences. Otherwise, we're not going to be successful, and we're just going to yeah. have we're just going to assume what other people are doing as opposed to know what other people are yeah. doing. Me with this teacher for one of my clients, and well, unfortunately, she's left. It all went to the dogs when she left, to be honest, because Mm. she was so good because she accepted ABA 
and I accepted her expertise in, as a teacher because if she told me, Carla, we need to, for him to be able to read this, we need to first work on this and this because she knew the levels you need in order to get to that point. Absolutely. And I knew the, the, the way of getting him there, behaviorally speaking, and he flew, was the best, literally the best, I think, six months we had with him. Mm. Like, he's doing well now, but, like, she was essential in teaching him how to read and write because she understood the mechanics of, all right, this is the level he's at, he needs this, this, and that. So it was, yeah, honestly... I was also very fortunate when I worked in school. Um, I worked with a teacher, and he was very helpful in that, also in that regard. He understood the levels of it, of the curriculum, um, and helped me use my knowledge of how to break things down to be able to teach. And we actually were very successful for a quite a long period of time when we worked closely. Um, for helping, because I used to go to him for advice about my class, because I had very academic students, they were very academically strong, and so I needed mm. him to support me, because I, even though I've done, I went to school, I don't, I'm not a teacher, that's not my training, my training is using behavioral principles to teach, right, so, yeah. so together we were actually quite a formidable force, Um. so yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Kyla, and I think, there's so much we can be doing so much um so i'm very excited yeah. to see where we go on this journey with other professionals and getting people to buy what we're selling because what we're selling is pretty good um yeah so yeah i think that's it i just i don't know do you want to end with our thoughts should i should i say something or do you think that was yeah go thoughts? yeah um i don't know do you want if you want to add thing i have something to say but i'll say after you so you okay. go for it cool i just you know I'm so interested in what I've learned. I actually might do another level, another course. Um, and the lady that did it, I think I mentioned earlier, was ABA trained. She mentioned something like halfway through the course. And I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> it's also great. Her training's also great. Um, and she was obviously very motivated about teaching the content um, because she's a practitioner. So she has ABA experience and she works for PECS and has PECS experience um, and obviously has had a lot of success in teaching her clients and young people. And you could tell by the stories and the examples she gave. Um, so, yeah, just really motivated and feeling very excited about learning even more about PECS and how I can use it to help the people that I support. So, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Oh, I actually quite like hearing about that. The course sounds amazing. Like, is it online, did you say? Yeah, so I did it through an Aus the Australian PICS because I have some work in Australia. And um, mm. they they had a discount. It was literally half price for the course, I think. Um, nice. So I did it all online. Um, and... Um, yeah, so, and it, I think it was 12 hours altogether, so it was very good, and she was very, very good. I need to add it to the bucket list, because, you know, because I'm currently doing a SALT course, and I want to start an introduction to psychology course, because mm. I'm insane! I'm insane! Anyway, um, but the thing that I wanted to say is, when, so, because when I review my clients, the HCP, so... There's a client we're going to go to tribunal, hopefully within a year, and uh, <clears throat> and I'm reviewing all the HCPs, and I have other clients that in the past they've said, we don't support ABA, the school said, but then on the HCP, as soon as I see the word PECS written, I'm like, oh, 
okay, because the moment I see the word PEX written, I know that the precedent for ABA is already there. Mm. So the moment I see you have a precedent of an ABA procedure in the HCP, therefore you have used ABA. Mm. And even it, like I this, and I'm not sure if other people are aware of this when they go to tribunal, because a lot of the HCPs have PECs in it, and I think it's a in terms of law, when you go to tribunal, try to get ABA in your... Mm. I think it's something you can try to grab and be like, that's ABA. And also, if if someone... Because someone obviously has to go on a course and be able to, to teach picks, you know what I mean? And Which they're means... not. They don't go. Most of them don't go. No, but someone in the school will have to have gone and then they provide training. Do you know what I mean? So they pass it down. Uh, but someone, mm. someone will have to have gone on a course in order to teach this content. You can't teach this content. You don't have the resources. And so it's like us teaching Makaton. Do you remember, like, the people at our school, we had a representatives that would go and do Makaton yeah. courses and they would teach us. But they have to have a special, like, I don't know if it's not like a license. You have to get special permission to be able to do that. Okay. I think you did the course yeah. wasn't it like i remember doing yeah no someone so there will be someone in these schools who has been on a pex course which means that they should be working very closely with the people who are delivering the pex teaching on the ground um, but that's us assuming things will go by the book yeah no absolutely but if you listen to the first podcast we did on pex versus makaton you have to have a, now I'm going to get it wrong because, okay, you have to have someone who is communicating with the child and you have to have someone, a second person who prompts the child. So Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Bit, so, yeah. so there has to be someone else there. And one would assume and in an ideal world that initially that would be the person who, who's been on the course who knows how to do it. That's how we would do it in an educational, if we were working in an educational facility, right? Someone who's trained well, would train us. So well, so you could plead your case by being like, you know, so who, you know, is is there a person in the school that I can speak to about the PICS um, provision that's being provided? And can I, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if, if there was other provision yeah. that was being provided, like... Um, you would be able to speak to that person and go, okay, because I just wanted to find out some more things because I want to make sure when I'm working alongside you guys that everybody's doing the same thing and there's consistency. So, yeah, yeah, there should be, there is some, and in the UK, you know how they are, are like about everything being legit and whatever. It should mm-hmm. be run that way. But then it's, but then it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's what, what should or what it is done it's different but this is what yeah this is if you're if that's what they're saying in a statement then that's well you know now in ehcp it's legally binding so yeah exactly exactly so, and yeah. that's where i'm getting and that's what i'm doing now like what because i'm going through one of my clients all the all of the, the ehcps and even like so this this boy and i'm not going to mention james but this boy can vocalize but he's not made to mm. and they're using pecs or pointing whatever shenanigans or the i don't know and but on the earliest reports for the salt therapist the salt therapist recommended push for vocal requests mm. and that's not being done i'm like even the salt therapist was like you need to push for the voice mm. and they haven't and i'm just like i can't wait to go to tribunal i really can't wait yeah. Okay. Anything else? There was an article from the previous podcast, which I did mention, which was actually really interesting, but you have to listen to that one. November 2020, guys. Macaton versus Pex. Go and find it. It's chirping with ABRs. Um, 
Yeah, so if you have anything you want to ask us or tell us or inform us, if we're wrong about things or you feel we're wrong about things, please do get hold of us. Um, we You can email us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. You can message us on Instagram. That's at aba underscore owls. Uh, if you have anything that you want us to talk about or you just have a comment you want to make, we really do appreciate hearing from anybody. So please email or message us. Alright, and the Hood Chronicles will be out in two weeks' time, as always, on the 19th of September. And the next hours will be out on Monday, the 3rd of October, Halloween month. Um, my favorite month. So if you have a moment, please rate, like, and subscribe to us. We've heard it through the grapevine that it helps us get more listeners. We are Chirping with AB Owls on iTunes and on Instagram and Facebook. And again, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye. Bye.